Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. It is the quick midweek fix, hopefully a short episode for you. Whenever I say that, I always uh, ramble on longer than I think, so uh, I should probably stop saying it, but I really don't have, I have a lot to talk about, but the subjects that we're talking about don't take a lot of time, I don't think, so uh, it should be a quick one. I want to um, share with you a few things. Uh, we've got a bunch of updates, a bunch of announcements, a bunch of things to keep your eye on, to be praying for. Uh, the, the two are, well, it's really the two big categories we're going to talk about today is I'm going to get back to talking a little bit about the evangelical, woke, whatever that means, uh, movement. And we're going to specifically talk about Ed Stetzer and something he put out. Now, most people aren't looking at this. I, I They don't probably think it's that significant. But to me, I'll just give you some some inside insider's info here in a way. Um, uh, and maybe it's not that much of an insider's thing, but I've observed Ed Stetzer, not closely, but enough to see that Ed Stetzer uh, kind of is in front of the pack often. Uh, think about like the COVID lockdowns and wear your mask and go to church and, you know, obey the governing authorities because Romans 13, you know, and, and blah, 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 all that. Ed Stetzer was like the first one on top of that. I mean, I remember, I, I think I showed you on the program that he had a website, the Church and Coronavirus, up with like pre like articles that seemed pre-written because it was like, man, like we just literally made the decision to go on lockdown. You already have articles. You already have um, a this trusted voices thing with this PDF of you know how to how how the church should navigate this. And Rick Warren uh, was part of this too, I guess. But Ed Stetzer was the one who really spearheaded that. Uh, we saw with the Black Lives Matter stuff. Uh, Ed Stetzer was like one of the first to go on a march. Um, he was the, like, his rhetoric was, was there before a lot of other pastors, you know, who were trying to figure out what are they going to do about this. Ed Stetzer was already there. And, and so I, I just see a pattern with him. If you want to see kind of where people are going to go, watch Ed Stetzer. I mean, it's not, maybe not a hundred percent. I don't know if, if it happens this way every single time, but, but the way he tweets, and, and that's mainly what I had to go on is his Twitter account. The way he, that he tweets seems to be very much like signaling kind of to, to he, here's what I'm concerned about. Here's what we should be concerned about. Here's he, he doesn't tweet as like a pastor who's concerned about a flock as much as he does about the big umbrella of evangelicalism as a movement. And, and it's just, I don't know, it's different. He's got a different tone than a lot of, and I can't put my finger on it completely right now. And that wasn't the purpose of this, but um, I'm going to share with you a tweet that he put out. And it, it may be um, that we're going to start hearing rhetoric similar to this tweet, <laughs> possibly. So I just want you to prepare yourselves for this. Um, it, it was something that I wasn't quite expecting, but it makes sense. And I can see this being the next logical step uh, in, in really what amounts to deconstructing the church. That's what's happening. The church is being deconstructed. Everything's being deconstructed, but the church is no exception. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about um, the situation that is happening right now, sort of in the IMB, uh, this letter that went out from, uh, I think his name is Paul Chip, Chitwood, um, he is the director of the International Mission Board. Now, many of you Southern Baptists, you, you've written me, you've said, I know NAM's not good, or, or if you, some of you don't know that, some of you do, uh, NAM, NAM is compromised, uh, the SEND network, Dottie Lewis, all that stuff. I know that, obviously, our theological seminaries are compromised, and there's really, at this point, there's hardly an exception. I, I've told people, the, the, as far as the seminaries go, um, you just got to pick the lesser of evils. And the, the best shot you have is probably Midwestern. That's the best shot you have of not being completely influenced by the woke stuff. Um, or Mid-America, which I don't know if they're officially uh, with an SBC seminary, but that might be another one you could look at. 
But but the, the, the social justice rhetoric has kind of crept into every theological seminary. Uh, and, and so you look at this and you say, well, I'm, I've been a Southern Baptist my whole life, but what, why am I even giving to this organization? And then you think, the IMB. That's why I give. Because there's missionaries that are going overseas. They're carrying the gospel to unreached people groups. I got to stay in. I got to give to that effort. And I've tried to convince, I remember this one guy I was talking to, I was trying to convince him like, hey, look, if the other stuff is bad, if the missionaries they're sending out are so are compromised, at least in, in many of them, not, I'm not saying all of them, uh, but they've gone through um, some indoctrination and they're going out there into the field. I mean, aren't can't you just like give your your funds to maybe some guys you trust, some guys maybe you know, maybe some people that you've sent out from your own church or a sister church or something. Um, but but I, I, I get it. Like if you're a Southern Baptist, like the Lottie Moon offering, the IMB, like these are just things you've grown up with them. There's a tradition, there's a culture. There's It's hard to just break yourself away from those attachments. I get that totally. Well, this letter this that was posted from the IMB, um, Puts, puts puts a little bit of a wrench in that, and I, and I've heard other things about the IMB, and I, it's not enough for me to 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 come on here and give you a whole file about here's what's happening at the IMB. I don't know everything that's happening at the IMB, but this letter is a cause for concern, and so I want I think it's important. I want you, if you're a Southern Baptist, I want you to hear this. Uh, so we're gonna talk about those two things. Um, we're also gonna talk about the election. We're also gonna talk a little bit about the Great Reset. I've been warning you about this, and uh, we're gonna I'm gonna play for you a montage I made this morning. And, um, and that should be uh, interesting. And then uh, practically, how is CRT being used or really just bullying people by calling them racist? Uh, how is that being wielded uh, in a way that actually subverts justice? I got a classic example for you. I'm going to show you. Uh, it just happened, I think it was yesterday, uh, or an attempt. Uh, it was attempted. I'm not even clear on what exactly happened. We'll, we'll talk about it. It's, it's concerning the Michigan um, uh, voting results. Uh, but let's get started with a few announcements. That that was the longest uh, <laughs> the longest intro to what we're going to talk about I've ever done. But let's do some announcements real quick. Um, I got a bunch of them here, so I'm going to try to get through them first. Uh, you might want to go and find out. I went to one of these last week. If there is a Stop the Steal rally near you, you can go to stopthesteal.us. Uh, that'll take you to the webpage. Here's the one. They, they seem to be focusing on Atlanta, Georgia. But if you scroll down at stopthesteal.us, you'll see that there's a number of other states. Uh, I am considering, um, in fact, I should be able to figure this out by tonight or tomorrow, whether I'm going to go to the one in District of Columbia or Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, I, I'm strongly considering it uh, on Saturday, uh, going to another one, just to show my support, just to... Um, Try, and it's also encouraging to be with people that, um, you know, are, are sharing some of those same concerns. Uh, but this, you know, I've explained before why this isn't even about Trump. This is about election integrity. This is about whether we're going to have another free election. But you can see Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. And then if you keep scrolling down, uh, many other states are also, I mean, West Virginia, Wyoming. I mean, many other states are hosting these rallies at their state capitals on 12 p.m. this Saturday. So you're going to want to check that out. Stop the steal. US, something that you can do. People have asked, yeah, what can I do about this situation? Well, this is one thing that you can do. Um, th this is uh, another thing you can do. You can go, and this is just a simple website, openstates.org. You can go there, put in your address, uh, and, and then it'll show you who your local legislators are for your state. You're going to want to call them. You're going to want to, if you haven't done so already, say, hey, don't certify a fraudulent election. We got concerns about this. We want an audit before you certify this thing. 
and that will go that can go a long way as well um and, and don't be afraid to be forceful i mean not a jerk but the, these these people work for you just remember that that's how our government set up where we don't work for them they work for us so call your uh, state legislators tell them not to certify a uh, fraudulent election especially if you're in a swing state uh, and especially if you're in a state you know I, i'm in virginia uh, I don't even necessarily believe that uh, Biden won this state, but uh, I'm still going to call. I mean, there were some irregularities down in in the town I live in, so um, I'm, I'm I already called. I said, "Look, I don't want this certified." Uh, I had uh, two representatives. One of them I got directly, you know, their office. I told them they said they'd relay the message. The other one I, I had to go to a voicemail. But even if it's a voicemail, leave a good message. Send a letter. Uh, send an email. You know, these are all things that you can tangibly do if you feel frustrated. Uh, it's better to do that than just to be reloading Twitter every two seconds or looking at Fox News or, you know, I, we're not watching Fox News anymore, are we? And I wasn't ever really watching it. But uh, for those who, who have been, um, you're probably looking at OAN or uh, Newsmax, but whatever news source that you're going to, it's, it's probably better uh, instead of getting frustrated, go take some action. These are some actions um, that you can take. Um, another thing uh, that I was going to say uh, is it's important that we use our social media right now. I think that's why I haven't gotten rid of my Twitter. Um, I think we need to, even on censored profiles, use social media as you can to the best of your ability. Uh, post things that contradict the narrative. Uh, and, and wherever you, you choose to do that is fine. But we, I think a lot of, really what's happening right now is two things. There's a legal challenge, but there's also the court of public opinion. And that has a significant impact on whether the legal challenge is going to be successful. So. Uh, I, I think that would be a good thing to do. Now, what am I doing? Now, there's a lot of things. Obviously, we, I'm praying. We should all be doing that uh, a lot for this. <laughs> uh, we're you know, trying to uh, live our lives. But I wanted to show you, um, th this is uh, uh, my Goodreads account. I do have a Goodreads account. Uh, some of the things I've been reading, and you, you might think this is kind of weird, but um, and, and I'm not necessarily recommending that everyone read these books, but some people are curious as to what I'm up to, what I'm reading. So I'm just giving you an inside look here. Uh, I read recently, We Dared to Win, uh, the SAS in Rhodesia. Uh, and I think it's the, you pronounce it uh, Hans Wessels. And then I, I also went through Bush War Operator, Memoirs of the Rhodesian Light Infantry uh, by Andrew Balaam. And, um, and there's another book, this, this one uh, right here that I have that I've started reading. Um, called The Great Betrayal by Ian Smith. This is a very hard book to get, very hard. I think it's out of print at this point. Um, but uh, my brother happened to have a copy, and I'm borrowing it from him. And um, th there's a lot of things you can, parallels you can make between what's happening in the United States and what's happened all over the world uh, in, in communist, in, in countries that went from freedom to communism. Uh, and Rhodesia was one of the freest countries in the world at one point. It was, uh, I mean, some people describe it in some ways as just a, it was, the, it was a breadbasket. It was um, lush and productive and free market and, and it went communist. And how did that happen? And how did international politics come, um, come to play in that? How, how did they influence that outcome? Uh, what was the, the struggle like? What was the fighting like? Um, and what, what you'll find is a lot of these guys who went into that struggle realized, um, man, we, we, didn't, we did not know how bad it was going to be when the communists took over and, uh, and how deceitful and subversive the narrative they used was. And it was all based on race. I mean, look, if you, you want to look at like uh, critical race theory sounding rhetoric, 
go to the 1960s and look up propaganda videos made against Rhodesia. Uh, I watched one the other day and I was, I was like, man, this is almost exactly what we're hearing from the critical race theorists today. Now, and, and, and that, one of the things that made me think is that it's not about critical race theory. And I've known this from the beginning. That's why I say social justice so much more than critical race theory. Um, because you can get nerdy, you can nerd out on critical race theory, you can, I've read this book, I've read that book. It's not that actually hard to figure out what's going on. It is a neo-Marxist agenda, and they're just using race instead of using class. I mean, it's really, and you can get into the specifics, and I've read critical theory books and stuff, but honestly, like, it's the, the destination they're driving you to, this egalitarian utopia that's going to be enforced by a centralized authority. This is the narrative that's been basically happening since... Uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau in the French Revolution. And it's just changed forms and uh, gotten more complex and postmodernism's been added into it and stuff. But look, it's the same stuff. And Rhodesia was subverted um, by this rhetoric and then militarily. And a lot of the guys who fought in, in the, that Bush war basically said, if we knew, we, we should have we really kept fighting even harder. And they did fight hard, but we this was something that was just unbelievable what 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 happened to their country so uh some interesting reads and uh I, there's some warning there's some language in those two military books um there's some there's some language in them uh that would not be uh perhaps uh some of you may, may not think is appropriate um i have my own i the thing is uh i i try to very much guard myself against profanity i do not like profanity uh, in, especially in entertainment. I don't think it's right to be entertained by profanity, especially blasphemy. Um, as When I started going to grad school for history, though, I realized if I wanted to study certain subjects, um, sometimes I had to have to wade through some profanity because uh, if you're going to accurately represent uh, a period of time and what happened, then that's part of that period of time and what happened. Uh, so uh, I am not necessarily telling you. I don't know if The Great Betrayal has profanity, and I haven't gotten that far, but the other two books, not necessarily telling you to read them. Uh, there are, is some military-type profanity. Uh, there's also some Christian stuff, actually, uh, interestingly enough, especially in We Dared to Win. There's a, there, there's a few authors that kind of give their accounts, and one of them is a Christian. So um, th that's what I've uh, been up to. One of the things I've been up to, there's been many things I've been up to. I'm going to show you some of that. Uh, I want to give you a quick uh, book order update here. Many of you have gone to this website and you have ordered Social Justice Goes to Church. Some of you have received it. Many of you have not. I know my patrons have been waiting now for over a month. And um, and I'm not going to lie. It's frustrating for me. Very frustrating. I um, I thought at tops, you know, three or four weeks, tops. And it's for some of you, it's been over that. It's been over a month. Uh, they You will get your book. Um, you will get your book, and uh, I, I'm pretty certain you'll get it before Christmas. The thing that's been from the publisher, I've, I've contacted the publisher many times about this. What I've been told is that COVID is keeping them from being able to print as many as they normally would. Now, I don't understand why Amazon can get them to you or Barnes & Noble. I don't get that. If you order it from Amazon, you'll get it two days later or three days later. But this is what I'm being told. So I'm doing my best. Uh, some of you have asked, and this is uh, somewhere, this is actually something that you can help with, by the way. Someone out there can help with, um, and, and if, if you're experienced in audio editing uh, and, and with Audible and that kind of thing, um, I was. This has been a frustrating thing too. I was told <clears throat> that um, uh, <clears throat> two days ago that the Audible book version of this it does exist. I read the whole thing, 
and uh, went back, made edits and so forth. But I'm, I'm swamped with so many projects now. Uh, it, this has been something that's very difficult for me to get to. But two days ago, I was told that the audio is good, except for there needs to be between 30 seconds in a minute, 30 and 60 seconds of space at the beginning and the end of all my tracks. And there's a bunch of tracks. There's a lot of tracks in this audio book that I submitted to Audible. Um, I don't have time right now to go back through every single file and put 30 to 60 seconds at the beginning and at the end. If there's someone out there who wants to volunteer, I will give you a link and you can go ahead and do it and uh, upload it to um, a file sharing website and we'll get this thing up and running. Um, but I, I'm afraid that if, um, if if I don't have help on this, it will probably be after Christmas by the time I'm able to get the Audible version out just because um, it, it, I am so swamped. I mean, it is... Uh, and I'm not saying that to complain. I mean, I'm making this podcast because I think it's important. And I know um, I'm so thankful to, to, to those of you who support, who pray. Uh, and there's a message I want to get out. But my time is pretty limited. There's a lot of other things I'm, I'm involved with right now. Uh, I'm going to show you one of those things. Um, this is one of them. Discerning Christians. So this is a very... <laughs> Uh, the, the developers probably don't want me showing this right now. It's certainly far from ready, but it's coming along. And I just wanted to show you this, uh, www.discerningchristians.com. There's nothing you can do there yet. You know, you can go there and look around. There's not much there. Uh, but this is, this is what we're, we're doing. Um, who can a sheep trust? And we got uh, some, some tabs here. If you want to find a church, we have an integrated map that we're going to be putting up. Uh, we're going to have integrated users as well. So if you want to find people in your area who aren't on the social justice bandwagon, we're going to have a bunch of resources here. Um, I'm going to read for you. This is the front of the page. I wrote this. Biblically aware, not socially woke. Throughout the ages, Christ church has always been attacked by um, internal, <laughs> we've got to edit this, internal and external forces. Today, the major threat facing Christianity is a subversive um, political religion called the social justice movement, a fusion a biblical and secular ideology stemming from the new left critique of America, feminism, cultural Marxism, critical theories, and liberation theology. Uh, and their purpose is to corrupt the gospel uh, and take the church by storm. Sadly, many churches have compromised and seen their congregations split and become destroyed. New congregations are forming and faithful pastors are stepping up to receive new members who care about biblical truth. Uh, and so this is, um, this is where we're going. The site exists to help you uh, connect with other believers, etc. If you can't find a church... Um, not taken in by the social justice movement, we want to assist you in finding other believers in the same spot. Or maybe we can help you find a church that's already standing strong. This will be good for pastoral candidates. I know there's several who you, you graduated from a place, let's say, by like Southeastern, which has this woke reputation, and you want to be in a church that's not woke. Um, this is going to help you uh, hopefully find a place that would be good to plant. So uh, it's in the works, guys. I mean, we're not just sitting on our hands. Uh, the, the other guys, uh, the team that we, that's working on this along with myself. We're kind of bivocational, so we're doing it as we can, but it is a labor of love, and it is something, it's a tool that I think is going to be very helpful moving forward. So uh, that is, let's see, um, yeah, that those are the announcements. So uh, we're, let's get into some stuff here. Uh, I want to, let, let's start out with the Southern Baptist stuff and the woke Christianity stuff, and then we will go to the uh, New World Order, uh, you know, uh, Great Reset election stuff. How's that? So let's start with this. All right, this article is by, uh, this email, I should say, is by Paul Chitwood, who's the director of the International Mission Board. It is featured on crvoices.org. 
And the subject is belonging, which sounds like kind of like a Christianized um, replacement for inclusion that the egalitarians use, like equity, diversity, inclusion. Uh, so he, he first says racism is bad. I have an Asian daughter. I've seen how racism works. It's terrible. Um, implies that there's a racist problem in the SBC. Uh, says, you know, we, we got together. We had this call. It was great. He recommends this article, which if you look actually, interestingly enough, it's on the Ed Stetzer blog on Christianity Today. It's by Karen Swanson. It starts off with, I am white. <laughs> that's, the first, that's the first sentence, I am white. Uh, you know, these, these people uh, <laughs> think race is just so fundamental, that racism is behind every bush, that you know, everyone's just thinking about race all the time because it's like they're thinking about it. I mean, this, look, look at the date on this. This is from September 8th, and he's talking about a discussion that was taking place in the IMB in August. Now, the, the, the smoldering embers from the cities burned down by Black Lives Matter and Antifa groups because of supposedly racism are still, uh, they're still smoldering. And I haven't, I've yet to see an organization, including the IMB, come out strong against actual businesses being destroyed, actual people getting murdered in a lawless fashion um, on a grand scale, destruction of property, uh, destruction of history, um, blatantly evil uh, rhetoric, uh, murderous rhetoric, actually. I mean, I, I have yet to see denouncements, uh, you know, oh, we got, we got a problem in the SBC because people are forwarding this. People are marching with BLM, et cetera. They're giving cover for this. We got, we got this insidious um, systemic problem in our organization we need to address. You never hear that. But it's always assumed that racism is such a big problem. So this is how this article starts off. Racism is a problem as the smoldering embers burn uh, and, and smoke, I should say. He says, um, we asked the participants in August, how are you feeling now and heard? I'm encouraged, but I'm still waiting to see viable action to diversify our organization, both on the field, staff, and leadership. I'm encouraged that many in our organization, including our leadership, are willing to listen and look at what changes need to be made. I'm, I'm feeling focused. The lament was necessary, and time together was healing. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm skimming here. Um, there are more public conversations going on about the issue of racism. I can't see in my personal world that there has been much change. Uh, the silence is still there, which makes sense. Uh, you remember silence is violence? Yeah, a couple months ago. Time has helped me process many things about what I was feeling and really come to terms with the sins that pervade life. Listening to others, reading articles, a lot of listening here. You hear the word listening in this. Um, it would be great for our organization to continue the dialogue. We just need to keep talking, keep listening. I'm excited to get on board with the ways that the IMB plans to move forward uh, and achieve this vision. He said, we asked... How can your, your coworkers who are not black, African-American, or biracial best support you now and in the future? And here's some of the things participants said. Let me see how long this is. Okay, we don't have much longer. Uh, our mobilization team is focused on improving our engagement and relationships with churches throughout the nation that are predominantly attended by people of color. We hope this will also yield more people of color as missionaries in the future. We are beginning stages of rolling out new training programs with uh, these organizations, uh, cultural sensitivity. And okay, so here's the program. This is one of the things, the sticking points. Here's the training programs that the IMB, International Mission Board, I guess, it, likes or wants to have cultural sensitivity training and unconscious bias and sensitivity training. Unconscious bias and sensitivity training. Where have you all heard this before? This is in the organization that you're sending your tithes to, the International Mission Board. This is the one that you're staying in the SBC for because it's the one that you don't think is corrupted, many of you. 
This is what they're talking about. We created Teams, a channel for our employees who identify as black, African-American or biracial to have personal conversations and support each other in the future. Okay, that's segregation, Mr. Chitwood. Um, we are working to develop a Hispanic employee network. Okay, more segregation. We will continue our efforts to become more diverse. No, you're not becoming more diverse. You're, you're becoming more fractured. That's what this is doing. Um, in the spirit of celebrating diversity, we'll begin to formally recognize two days on the calendar in 2021, Juneteenth and Hispanic Day. So they're going to change their calendar now. Uh, they're they're going to pray at the end uh, against injustice, um, et cetera, et cetera. All things that we've talked about. He says, thanks to the human resources team for moving us forward. All right. So you think you have an HR problem with your job, your secular job. Well, there's an HR problem in the IMB. And this is proof positive, guys. Now, uh, I'm going to just show you this at the end. Um, uh, Tom Askell did say that he had a conversation with Paul Chitwood uh, and his concerns have been allayed. And that's, that's pretty much all that I've seen so far publicly. So I tweeted out yesterday. I'll just tell you this for those who don't follow my Twitter. I tweeted out and I tagged Paul Chitwood and I said, look, if you're going to make, if you're going to, going to acknowledge a public error, if you are going to try to clean this mess up, you are going to have to publicly come out and explain why what you wrote was wrong, why the direction of the IMB is wrong. You're going to have to show us that you know. Because if you're not doing that, if, it, if we're just relying on a conversation you had with someone else who's a conservative, um, it's not enough for most people, I think, in the SBC right now. Uh, some people, you know, they might take that and say, okay, we're good. Uh, and, and unfortunately, my experience with the Southern Baptist Convention is that, you know, this is kind of the culture of the SBC. This is the 11th commandment thing. Public sin is always dealt with behind the scenes. And I, I think, guys, we're way past due with saying enough of that. If you have, have, if something has been exposed publicly or if you have gone out publicly and you have said something in error, it is very appropriate. It's not even just very appropriate. It is necessary to come out publicly and correct that. Otherwise, you can have no confidence. Um, you can say anything you want privately. In fact, you can say anything you want publicly. Even if you do publicly come out, you say everything that needs to be said. You say, we're not doing the sensitivity training thing. We're not doing the unconscious bias thing. Uh, those things are wrong. We realize those are wrong. We realize we're actually dividing people up based on their their skin color. Uh, we're fracturing uh, our organization. We don't want that. We're one in Christ. We're going to come together um, for a common purpose. Uh, even if you say all that, which has not been said publicly yet, you still need to prove it over time. There still needs to be action behind that. And, and otherwise, you know, trust has been broken uh, for, I think, many in the SBC when they see this. So the reason I'm telling you is to report it to you. I want you to be aware of this. This is the IMB, right? I'm not trying to break your, all your confidence in the SBC. I mean, my confidence has been broken for a long time, but you need, to, you need to have your line in the sand. And if it's 2021, that's fine. If you say 2021, we're gonna go to the convention and we're gonna take it over. We're gonna get the presidency. We're gonna make sure Al Mohler um, doesn't, doesn't get it. We got someone else, I don't know who that is, who, who's proven that they're able to handle this. Uh, issue. Uh, We're going to make sure that we clean house at the seminaries. We're going to be aggressive. Uh, I mean, that's what it would take. That's really what it would take. You you can't compromise with these folks. Give them the benefit of the doubt all the time and just say, well, you know, they're they're taking care of it because they said they were. You got to keep on them. You got to make sure that it's actually happening. It's the same way with the deep state. 
in the the federal or the national collective government. You you, you can't just oh you know Comey said that no <laughs> you can't do that. You have to to keep on them, and and that's what it's going to take. I'm just telling you the reality, guys. And I've had a lot of insiders talk to me about this, tell me kind of what's going on in their little neck of the woods. And I'm just convinced there's no way to bring this back without getting super aggressive. So you you make that line in the sand now. If, if that plan fails, if you're not able to get someone in the presidency and to get the committees changed in 2021, then you're, you're going to need to consider, and you need to consider it now, do you stay in this organization? Do you keep funding these things? And, and that's up to you to decide. I think there's a way if you're in an SBC church, you can itemize you know, your giving. You can give to certain missionaries, that kind of thing. I'd encourage you to take a look into that for now. It's not just the ERLC, guys. Um, that's my little bit on the Southern Baptist uh, Convention. That I just I just wanted you to be aware of that, um, and when, of course we're thankful for those who are conservative in the convention who are are trying. But you know it's it's going to take it's going to take a lot of of guts and backbone. It really is. Uh, so speaking of Ed Stetzer, uh, this is something Ed Stetzer put out last night. He said, "Up late, can't sleep, burdened with the rising mental health challenges." We are seeing among pastors, leaders, students, and so many others. Actually, feeling the strain myself and in my family. Now, I mean, this is sad. Let's pray for one another and speak grace into this time when so many are hurting. And there's nothing wrong with any of what he said here, okay? So I'm not nitpicky. I want you to think uh, contextually, though, with me for a second. This is the same Ed Stetzer who was marching, with, with, uh, marching for Black Lives Matter. The same Ed Stetzer who was saying, basically, shut up and wear the mask, let your, your church needs to shut down, that's the, the responsible thing, that's what you gotta do to love your neighbor. Same guy, okay? Now, I wanna ask you this, if we're having a mental health issue, what got us here? Think about that. What got us to the point that we're having this, this mental health issue? Here's the tweet, so you can see it. Is it, uh, in 2020, it, I mean, there could be a lot of things that cause, um, and, and when you know, we say mental health, I'm thinking depression, anxiety, these kinds of things. What could have contributed to that in 2020? Maybe lockdowns, maybe walking around and not being able to see the faces of the people around you because they're all wearing masks and they're all afraid and you can see the fear in their eyes. Maybe the fact that you don't even trust the outcome of an election because so much fraud has been shown. Um, you know, maybe things like cities burning down and if you lived in one of those communities or near there you might have been afraid for your life when you were hearing things like we're going to take it out into the suburbs and none of the christian leaders that you knew of denounced it they didn't lift a finger to say a word instead they got down on you because of your privilege and unconscious bias supposedly i mean maybe these things could have contributed to the mental health issue that ed stetzer is complaining about i'm suggesting to you that ed stetzer has been part of the problem here and like all leftists, um, they are masters at creating problems and then coming in with their own solutions for the problems they created and trying to be the saviors. We're the ones that are going to save you now. I expect in the coming months to start hearing more, possibly, and I could be wrong, but I'm just saying, you look to Ed Stetzer, I think you're gonna find kind of the direction of where things are gonna start going. I think we're going to start hearing more about mental health in, in evangelicalism. And it's going to be interesting to find out how evangelicals approach this thing, how they approach mental health. Are they going to go more psychology? 
Um, are they going to, is that going to be now the focus without any acknowledgement about what's actually caused this? Or are they going to blame it on white supremacists, you know, quote unquote, or, uh, or patriarchy or something, you know, some, you know, purity culture? Are they going to blame it on something else? Don't ever forget what brought us to this situation. Situation where uh, there's great domestic abuse, divorces are happening, alcohol and substance abuse is happening, and we are having um, higher amounts of depression and anxiety. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how we got here, guys. And that's not loving your neighbor. I'm sorry. To tell your neighbor, well, you, you can't have Thanksgiving because of COVID. You can't uh, have Christmas because of COVID. That's not treating your neighbor like an adult, like a responsible person who's responsible before God for their uh, life, uh, their risk assessment. Uh, it is actually keeping your neighbor from something that they need. And it's not just physical health we need. We need emotional health. We need spiritual health. And shutting churches down, like what's happening in England, and shutting down now Thanksgiving and Christmas in some of these states is, is I think it's by design, and I think it's evil. And uh, it, it, we need to think through the ramifications of these decisions. They only, it, there's a lot of tunnel vision going on. I want you to just understand how the left operates. Um, for instance, in that, that uh, Paul Chitwood article, right? We've been hearing racism, racism, racism. Only focus on unconscious bias, racism you don't see, systemic racism, etc. Don't think about all the other things that are going on around you. Buildings burning down, history being destroyed, people dying. Uh, as a result of this narrative. Don't think about that. Just focus on what the, the boogeyman, the problem that actually isn't as bad as these other problems. It's the same thing with the COVID stuff. Don't focus on the negative effect this is happening. Uh, this is having emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Um, I mean, you have now, what is it, two-thirds of people attending church are either, we're, and I don't, this is old now, but we're either watching services from other churches or or not watching anything, they just stopped, fell off the map. Don't tell me these things don't have horrific consequences for social cohesion um, and stability. Don't tell me that um, watching sports when there's a fake audience and they're just virtue signaling about BLM uh, doesn't have a negative effect. People aren't even watching sports anymore. The things that united people don't exist anymore. They're being destroyed. We're being deconstructed. And, and I'm not trying to raise the panic level for you what i'm trying to do i don't want to contribute to the anxiety we don't need to be anxious be anxious for nothing but in everything by what by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus as christians we have that we have a stability doesn't mean that this other stuff doesn't bother us doesn't mean we don't need to take a stand against this stuff because we do all right um but when you're in a battle when you're when you're trying to fight this stuff uh, and you're even, you know, it's a fight sometimes to go to the grocery store. I get it, guys. Um, you do need to, to go go back to the basics, the eternal things that cannot be changed and rely on those things. Rely on the God of the universe who created those things, uh, who is those things. And, and, and there is a comfort that comes from that. But it doesn't wipe away the fact that there's a problem. So uh, I expect that to be a narrative uh, moving forward. Just my prediction uh, for you all those who are curious about it. Now, let's get to some other stuff. I want to show you this. Check this out. Uh, this is uh, a guy named Ned Stabler, a Wayne County member of Canvassers. And he uh, went after, I guess, two other fellow um, Canvassers 
Uh, and basically, I, I want you to just hear this little clip. This is in Michigan, and they were refusing to certify the Wayne County um, uh, election results because there were more <laughs> votes than voters. Yeah. And so what does this, this liberal guy do? What does he do to convince them they must uh, certify the election results? Listen. I, I'm not going to try to change your mind. I just want to let you know that the Trump stick, the stain of racism that you, William Hartman and Monica Palmer have just covered yourself in is going to follow you throughout history. Your grandchildren are going to think of you like Bull Connor or George Wallace, Monica Palmer and William. All right, we're going to stop there because this is just absolutely rancid uh, and disgusting that this man would say, if you care about election integrity, if you doubt the uh, voter results from Detroit uh, because there's more votes than voters, then you must be a racist, racist because black people live in Detroit. That's the logic here. Don't tell me that the CRT stuff is not subverting justice. It is. This is social injustice. This isn't justice. To certify an election with fraudulent votes and a large number of them, that's not justice. If you want to look at systemic abuse and oppression, why not look at all the, the irregularities across the country with this election? I can show you a system. <laughs> I can even give a name for it. <laughs> uh, uh, and probably a lot of you have been watching. You know uh, about, I'm not even, you know what, if I say the names of these things, then I'm, this, this video is coming down. You know what I'm talking about, though. Uh, I'm trying very carefully not to get canceled off YouTube. Um, you can go to Rumble, though. Go to Rumble if, if, uh, if I'm getting canceled off YouTube. But, uh, but yes, uh, <laughs> I, I might be able to show you where the systemic abuse is. Now, it just so happens, though, it reminded me, because uh, he used the phrase, he said, the, the stain of racism, right, is going to follow you. Well, do you remember this uh, from, uh, this wasn't actually that long ago. I think this was the end of 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Demonstrating that it's going to take everything we've got in the gospel and in the scriptures uh, to escape uh, the, the trap of history, but we're not, we can't just draw a line. We're going to have to deal it. We're going to have to confront it. We're going to have to recognize the word stain is exactly the right word. It's a stain that we're going to carry as a denomination forever till Jesus comes. All right. This is Al Mohler talking about the stain of racism. I've played this clip before. Here's what I, the parallel I want to draw for you. The same play that's happening right now in, in the world, in the secular world, to uh, suppress people who would actually be trying to bring some justice to the voting system, uh, who are concerned that there's irregularities. The same bully tactic that's being used in the world is the same bully tactic that's been used in the Southern Baptist Convention and evangelical circles. It's the same thing. It's the same play. And it's the same language, stain of racism. We're gonna, we don't want to stain. Stains are hard to get out. You ever tried to get a stain out, you know, if you're doing laundry? Sometimes they're hard. Uh, but you don't want to walk around with a shirt that has a stain on it. And so people try their hardest to get these things out, to make sure they don't have a stain. They don't want that. They don't want to be known for the stain. It sticks out like a sore thumb. It's the same tactic. It's, it's, you don't want to be known as racist. Therefore, you must accept. And if you, in the book that Al Mohler is promoting there, it's called Removing the Stain of Racism from the Southern Baptist Convention. I've read enough of it. I've read the chapter by Jarvis Williams to know it's completely chock-filled with CRT, by name, by the way. 
and it gives solutions uh, that like uh, quotas and removing statues of white Jesus and that kind of thing. It's, it's you must accept our solutions. And if you don't, then you're going to be guilty of the stain of racism. Just like those, those uh, you know, evil people from hundreds of years ago. You're just like them. We villainize them. We're going to villainize you because you're the same thing if you stand in our way when we try to deconstruct this denomination, deconstruct this voting system, deconstruct these sports, deconstruct your history, deconstruct your churches, and the list goes on. It's the same play. Recognize it for what it is. I'm going to close today. Um, I feel like I should close. This has kind of been heavy, hasn't it? I wasn't expecting it to be. Um, I want to close on a, uh, uh, a well, it's going to close on a heavy note. We're going to do a light note and then a heavy note. Um, and th this is just, you know, something that helps me. I just want to relay this to you. I like getting the big picture. For me, that really helps um, when no matter what situation we're in is thinking through history, what you know about history, go back in time, go back to biblical history, uh, go forward in time to what you know is going to happen. Play through the images, play through uh, people, figures you know, time periods, um, hard time periods, good time periods. Just play through that kind of thing and put yourself in context. All right. That's the same thing that, that happens when, when I walk outside, I look up at the stars, I look at the clouds, I'm on a mountaintop, these kinds of things. You just feel small. And I think that's a good feeling to have right now, uh, a, a comforting feeling to have that we're going to fight hard. Uh, we're going to, to try to bring the truth to bear. We're going to proclaim it till we're canceled. And even then we'll pro pro proclaim it. But we know that there's someone else in control of these things. And one of the ways we know it, we can be assured of it, is realizing all the other things that have taken place and that are taking place and how small we truly are in the grand scheme. doesn't mean we're not important. God put us here. We're important enough for God to put us here and to love us, uh, to give his son as a sacrifice for our sins. But, um, but we are part of a tapestry that is greater than us. And so... That brings me a lot of comfort. And when I think back to there have there have always been Christians um, or followers of God before Christ even came. There's always been those who followed the Lord. There's always been those raising families, even in hard times. And God knows. God sees. And he laughs. Even when he sees those trying to uh, enact the Great Reset. They're trying to build back better the Tower of Babel. <laughs> he sees that. It's not missed on him. And realize that you're a soldier in his army. And and we need this to start acting like it. Uh, and that's not meant to be rebuke. Um, unless unless it, it, it felt that way, maybe <laughs> maybe then it, you can take it that way. But we, we need to think of ourselves in that way. We're in a spiritual war. Uh, we are also in a war for our country. And a war for a way of life that was not perfect. Because no way of life is this side of heaven but a way of life which is a great deal better uh, and a great deal more Christian than what the global elites at the World Economic Forum want to foist upon us. So uh, think, think through history. That's your assignment. Think through history and, and all the hard times, all the Christians that lived in Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia and during, go back to the persecution under Nero, uh, during medieval times, during the Reformation, uh, during times of great famine, um, and this COVID stuff is causing great famine right now. Go, go back and think through where was God? Because he was there. 
And there were Christians during those times. And they probably thought some of the same things you're thinking now. They probably thought, what's going to happen? Is this the end? What can I do? And God was there the whole time. And we don't know what the future holds. So uh, that's that's my encouragement to you. Uh, I'm going to end with this montage. Uh, so, so that was <laughs> the, the semi-lighter note. Here's the heavier note. Um, and there's a call to action at the end for what you can do once again uh, if you care about this election. But here's, here's what's happening. Here's what people are saying uh, right out of the playbook of the World Economic Forum. And here's why the election has gone the way it's gone so far. And um, so this is something you can share with your friends, share on social media. I have the link in the info section for this video if you want to check it out. God bless. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. Authorities must integrate the goal of carbon neutrality in all economic and fiscal policies and decisions. Governments around the world are mobilizing trillions of dollars to address the economic effects of the pandemic. It's an unprecedented opportunity, not only to repair the damage, but also to address the problems that existed before the pandemic hit. You do training, particularly in the city, I'll call them licensing departments, and you pick the people that run those agencies and the deputies that are pledging allegiance to the new world order. We should build an open world economy that works for all. We must firmly safeguard the multilateral trading system under the WTO and unequivocally reject unilateralism and protectionism. Building back better means getting support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 agenda for sustainable development and the SDGs. Canada is here to listen and to help. A nation's highest duty is to its own citizens. Today, I hold up the American model as an example to the world of a working system of free enterprise that will produce the most benefits for the most people in the 21st century and beyond. All this enthusiasm you're talking about in Pennsylvania gets changed very quickly with this software program that switches 3% of the votes. We know it's active tonight. It's active. They've been looking at a whole host of things as has the DNC using false IPs and they are looking around and they are trying to set up this voting thing uh, that happens on Tuesday night. It's going to look good for President Trump, but they're going to change. And that's the danger that America and everybody must realize. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.